Greetings, I am Erin Patton, metaphysical master in the millennial age, and it is my life's purpose to guide you and organizations along an enlightened path. So I invite you to sit comfortably and tune in as I welcome you to the Meta Business Millennial, where we get the real conversations you won't get in the boardroom so that we understand this is exactly the path we need to be on in order to grow, evolve, and thrive. Greetings, I am Erin Patton, also known as Master L, and welcome to the Meta Business Millennial Podcast. I am joined here today by Eugenia Oganova, and she is a business soul strategist, and I'm very, very happy to talk to her because we speak the same language, and it's about time that we get into the soul of business. So welcome to this show. Thank you so much, Erin, for having me. I'm very excited for our chat. Yeah. So um, briefly, you had mentioned to me that you started your business when you were 14. Like, this is, I mean, incredible, first of all. Most of us are still, like, trying to figure out, like, freshman year of high school <laughs> and here you are like running and managing a business can you tell us a little bit more about how you got started so early and really putting yourself out there as an entrepreneur absolutely see i started in soviet union this is where i was born and i was born clairvoyant so i could always see timelines and possibilities and energies of people and like what's possible for their life and their business and their career and their relationship and stuff like that. So by the time I was two, I was already giving advice. Uh, and people kind of, yeah, two years old. And people kind of cut into that. Like they're like, oh, okay. So when she points at this or she draws this picture, then I, if I did that, it actually worked. So then they would be like, okay, little one, tell me like, should I do this? That kind of thing. So by the time I was 14, it became more of a paying thing. Like people would actually come and pay me money and be my clients and I sort of wasn't looking for it. Like I never told like, oh, I'm going to start a business, but I've never had an official job. <laughs> I just always been an entrepreneur doing my sole work. And it sort of found me because that's what my natural talent is. And it never occurred to me to not base my life on what I'm here to do. So this is kind of how it evolved into me now helping people base their life on what they hear men to do and actually get paid well for it. Because to me, this was almost like no brainer. Like why else would I, like what else would I do? So um, yeah, it started very early because the gift was there and I was not hiding it. Um, when I was in high school, I was hiding it a little bit just because I was, you know, heavily bullied and all that being a witch and a weird one and, you know, the typical high school stuff. But even then, the popular kids who would not be seen dead next to me in public would then meet me in private and ask me questions. <laughs> so it's kind of been this really weird ride. And then by the time I was um, already charging money for it, it just became like, okay, their parents would be my clients. And then the kids just kind of had to get over themselves because that's, I knew what I was doing. And as the time progressed, a lot of my clients happened to be people who had their own businesses. So they would be saying stuff like, oh, thank you for, you know, helping me with this messaging. I, I changed that and how I was promoting it. And I sold like so much more of, you know, my product or thank you so much for adjusting like how I was looking at it. Now that I look at it from this perspective, oh my God, my business just exploded. So I was helping with messaging, with market positioning, with product um, packaging and all this stuff that I didn't necessarily know back then, <laughs> but I was 
kind of intuitively knowing what the answers were. So then, of course, as my life progressed, I've studied a lot. I mean, I have business education and many other educations as well in psychology and everything else because I wanted to excel in how I translate my gift. But I never looked at it like, oh, I need to learn this so that I have a gift. And this is also what I teach my clients is that all the things you learn are the things to help you deliver your gift. But those are not the gifts themselves. So there's a big difference between soul expertise and skill that you learned. Yes. I love this articulation between soul expertise and skill, because if in many ways, a lot of even in my in my world, we conflate the two in mm -hmm. worlds. People aren't even aware of this soul expertise. So if you could just describe, if you will, what a soul expertise is. Soul expertise is something that is your innate uh, pre-installed by your soul gift. Something that you probably are discounting as well as just like me. <laughs> it's nothing special. Maybe people tell you secrets and they like, oh my God, I can't believe I just told you because you're like, somehow your energy field like elicits that in people. Maybe around you, people feel more comfortable and they naturally, if they're having a bad day, they want to hang out with you just because like, oh, I always feel better when I'm around you. Maybe you're a uh, very nice um in your ability to inspire somebody or support somebody, or uh, maybe you, like one of my gifts is somebody can give me this 200 problems and I will be like, nope, that one. <laughs> like I go right to the root of the problem. And usually before the person even finished like telling me the story, because that's, that's my gift. I've had that since I was born. And we all have something like that. If you don't know what it is, ask your friends, like, what's the thing about me? Um, like maybe you're very brave and you're able to do like crazy courageous things and you think you're just normal. And then if you ask your friends, they say like, well, you're like total badass. Like you can do things I can't even imagine. And they go, oh my God, wow, really? That's a thing. And it's like, yeah, that thing, that is your soul expertise. So if you want to monetize your gift, which is a very popular phrase nowadays is to, you know, make money on your soul gift. It's not about make money on a skill you learn, like you're a Reiki master or you practice something and learn like breathwork technique. You will never make money on that because that's somebody else's, first of all. And second, there's like dime a dozen, like there's so many people who do that and there's nothing wrong with it whatsoever, but it's meant to be an add-on to your gift. What you monetize is not the breath work or Reiki. What you monetize is you. So let's say if you're the sole expertise person uh, of bravery, let's say, right? And then if you look at your life, well, how many things have you persevered through? Or like how tenacious did you have to be to actually survive? Like maybe you had a total crazy mid grinder of your life that somehow you emerged still able to trust, still open hearted and everything when somebody else would have been dead by now. Okay, well, that's your gift. So now, if you also happen to know breathwork and Reiki, great, those are the tools. But what you monetize is the ability to help somebody go through a difficult situation and emerge still able to keep their heart open and trusting because that's the thing that's pre-installed within you. So hopefully that examples here give you a little bit more understanding of what is soul expertise. I, I love that because for so many of us, we're still in a stage of exploring what our gifts are. And I like how you give those examples of, okay, ask someone, what is it that that's special about me? Because oftentimes we can't even see ourselves because of all the, the programming or whatever judgments we have that block us from that ability to fully see and love ourselves in our fullest expression. And I would love for you to talk a little bit more about how you, um, maybe to this day, 
cultivate your clairvoyance and in the gifts that continue I'm sure to come on the line for you because in the world that you said you, you were bullied in high school I'm sure you faced numerous challenges in your you know career you know development and what what tools did you or do you use to continually to cultivate those gifts or or even to bring more gifts online well, it, that's an interesting question. I mean, speaking of challenges, I'm a business coach. Imagine being in a business world talking about energetics and soul. So <laughs> that's already like in any conference I speak, people go, okay. <laughs> but what changes the game is if you're confident, if you can hold in your energy space, whatever it is you're saying. So that's the embodiment word that everybody uses. So if it's embodied wisdom, not just mental then people trust it, even if they think it's kind of out there. And by the end of it, they want to know what is it that you do. So as far as how do I cultivate um, anything that you want, you need to build relationship with, right? Like if you had a relationship and you wanted this relationship to last, you would not neglect it. You would give it energy. You would think of like, where can we go on a better date? Or what conversations can we have that would be even more interesting? Like what kind of a things can we do together? It's the same thing as a relationship with your gift. Most people don't treat it like that because they kind of think it comes and goes and I'm not in control of it. It's like, no, you actually can be fully in control of it. That's what's called self-mastery. That's what I have and that's what I teach my clients. But self-mastery happens because you mastered it, as in you did it again and again and again. You related to it and that's how it became masterful. So now the question becomes cultivating, kind of replace that with how do I master it? How do I build relationship to it? Well, the answer to that would be you have to spend time with it as in linear time in your day. So I do at least one hour every day of connecting to the divine, connecting to myself and connecting to my vision, at least. Sometimes four or six hours, depending on a day, but that's like a minimum an hour that allows me to reset, to come back to what timeline I'm in, what am I intending to happen? How am I treating myself? What is this internal thing that I'm resonating with and so on? So I utilize it, but I utilize it in a very conscious way and I do so daily. Also, I do not turn it off. And to my knowing, like everybody that I've met and what I, who I worked with, we can't seem to turn off our gifts. So you might as well get paid for them because let's say if you're having a conversation with somebody and you happen to be a super intuitive person, you're getting things as you're talking, right? Like stuff is happening in the background. And if you cannot turn it off and you're probably going to blurt out some of them anyway, because you're helpful and you want to, you know, share something, that's what we then want to figure out how to get paid for. Because most of the time people kind of think like, well, that stuff doesn't really matter, but that's also part of the cultivating of your gift. How do you value it? Like I value my gift above everything. This, this is what people pay me for, literally me, to be around me and just to spend like 30 minutes in conversation with me can, you know, shortcut somebody's um, years <laughs> ahead because of what I know and what I can see. So I value that and that's why I can get paid for. And this is exactly what I teach my clients is that if you have this intuitive something or if you're able to feel the energetics, even if you don't know like how to put it in words or whatever, well, then your job is to cultivate translation of your gift. You know, like for me, my 
gift is clairvoyance in a very literal sense. I see things, but I see it as energy and I see it like little movie snippets sort of that kind of float by. And it's very precise and it's always there, but I had to learn how to explain it. So when I started, like when I was 14 or 15 or 16, my explanation would be like, let's say your liver is this ochre color and it should be um, kind of more towards yellow and you have this green around your pancreas and your heart is closed so we need to modify this to bring like this different color so then it can flow better now people trusted me because i have my energy strong and in the end it did work but that explanation didn't give them much to go on it's just pure energetics now, what I would say is, well, you're jealous about this person and you have self-judgment about it. And this is why your heart is closing because you're essentially minimizing yourself to accommodate them. So what we need to do is open up your ability for self-love. So then the energy flows and you release whatever that hook attachment was. Now, that's the same thing, but I've learned to translate my gift into something that makes sense in a linear language which is actually what messaging is. And now what I teach my clients, how to, let's say, present their very mm, intangible gift, <laughs> something that just kind of happens into like, okay, this is what it actually is. This is what it actually do for you. So then people can pay them for it. Yes, yes. So, okay, so much of this is resonating. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Because especially around the way you talk about being a translator, because I find this role to be super important in this day and time, especially in the business world. And I really want us to start talking a little bit more about how you work in the business world, being this medium, if you will, between the, the invisible and the visible. And, and being a translator, you're able to take what in many ways is abstract and then make it very logical and, and, and able to be digested, if you will. So in business, you know, can you share a little bit more about uh, what you, what your vision is or, or, or the way you feel like business should be operating, balancing the two of these? Because this is essentially what the meta business world work that I do is about, is the is imagining in the future of business where we can live with these two, um, these two gifts, these two skills, with the skills and the gifts in one place. So what does that look like for you? Oh, Aaron, you're totally speaking my language because this, like, I so believe that those two worlds should be joined. And one of my superpowers is that I unite this non-linear quantum creation, multi-dimensional stuff with very tangible, practical, solid business strategies, kind of battle proven stuff that works in a material world. And the in between the bridge, that's the translation through your message. So the way that I work in a business world, it's essentially saying that, okay, you come with some value, but the only way to make money in the world is you you have two routes. One is out of integrity, which is convincing somebody and kind of like guilt tripping them into purchasing it, like scaring them into buying it. Or integrous way, which is giving them value and them coming to you. So most of the business world has been built, unfortunately, on the first one, on the out of the integrity way, because a lot of the kind of patriarchal influences into the business world, this is how entrepreneurship originally started, mostly men. So then it became this very masculine system of, you know, push and go and hustle and make it happen. But first of all, that does not work for women. Second, it's most of the time not in integrity. And third, hustle is not scalable which is what a lot of times women run into if they can hustle, hustle, hustle and practically die and burn out, but get their business to, let's say, 100K a year. 
And then they like, I can't even go on now. Like what scale what? Like I can't do more because I'm already at capacity. So what that's kind of the premise here that if you want to build a sustainable business and we women care about sustainability a lot because our energy is much more gentle. We go in waves, we have our cycles. So because of it, there's another wave and there's all sorts of kind of emotional component to our nature. So if you understand your soul design and you know how you're built and then within that soul design that you want sustainable flow, you're going to adjust your business strategy to something that is not hustle based. And that means that the other side of life, the non-physical, the non-linear, the magical side, you can say, has to be in there. So my approach to business is not just let's create linear strategy that's a cookie cutter thing that everybody does it and this is what we should do. Instead, we look at like, okay, who are you and what kind of a life do you want? And then we dance back from that instead of the business, we kind of like build a business around you. So then from the standpoint of who you are, we figure out what is your natural rhythm? What is your soul design? What is your expertise? And then we build your strategy that's still linear steps that you do in your marketing or in your positioning or how you message about your product and you know your service has to be packaged. So what is your offer? But we do that from what fits you. So that way you save yourself years of, you know, forcing yourself onto shit that doesn't work. And instead you're actually doing like three, four things, but you're doing them at certain degree of excellence because that's the only things you do instead of trying to do 200 things and having a, you know, shiny object thing with like, oh, I have to dance on TikTok. Oh, I have to have this Instagram, you know, real thing because that's what's popular. And it's like none of that mm, tactic, like last minute kind of thing, actually going to make your business sustainable because it's based on back to that masculine uh, sort of a very linear rigid system that doesn't work for women because we're built differently yes oh my god okay I love everything about this and I just want to dig a little bit deeper from you know what all resonated with me and it's all about that balance of that masculine and feminine yeah. because what we are so used to doing what we're so programmed to do is move into action and that's really what that masculine energy represents. And what you're sharing here is bringing in the feminine quantum um, resting, receiving energy really allows us to, to create the, the personal life that really is aligned with us and then the business that aligns with us. And I want to take it a little step further because generally we're thinking about like a solo entrepreneur or, you know, a small business. What does this look like at scale? Because essentially, this is really where the vision's going. This is where the new earth's going is we have to create organizations. We have to create corporate cultures that reflect the balance of the masculine and feminine. And how do we do this with all these individuated, you know, entities, essentially human beings? So you're looking at a company like a Google, which has, you know, uh, let's just say for now, it's probably hundreds of thousands of employees. Let's just say at a, a, a particular headquarter, tens of thousands of people. How do we start to imagine, if you will, a more balanced organizational culture with the masculine go, go, go energy and the feminine, let me have time to rest, be creative, you know, restore, connect to divine energy? 
Well, first of all, I want to say that feminine and masculine often divided like this, like action or no action, when actually it's more of a quality of energy. So feminine could be very active as well, but it's a different quality. Masculine is very directional and fast. So there's a speed attached. Feminine is slower, but it doesn't mean it's non-action. It's just more circular action. So it's sort of like it creates a vortex and then it does something with the vortex energy. It sits in this big vortex and magnetizes too. There's still action there, but it's not a linear action. It's not a step-by-step -step process. So having said that, like in my yeah, in my perfect world, I would say every big company should know every employee um, soul design so that you understand sort of how they build and then you understand what their talents are and what their triggers are. So that way, if each of us was in a company and we felt respected for the thing that we're actually good at, we can actually do a lot of work. Like my design is such that I can move a mountain or two in three days and then not work for a week because I just like, that's where my energy is low. So it's like, I, I look like a very productive person, but if you met me on a week when I'm not doing it, I would look like a very not productive person. So it's a balancing act. So if let's say I would have had a normal job, then I would have had to force myself to be very productive during the time when my energy is low and, you know, still not get paid for being overly productive on a time where my energy is high. But if let's say the company knew my design and just said, okay, we're going to pay you for this thing to be done. And overall, it needs to be done by this time. And we don't care how, and if you work in the middle of the night or whatever, like that's not our problem. We just want it done then it gives me the space to do it my way, which I think a lot of the companies now kind of go into that um, to try to give their employees enough space to do it at their own rhythm. Like one part of my rhythm is I don't work in the mornings. So I generally start my day at 2 or 3 p.m., but I work till, you know, 2, 3 in the morning and I go to bed at 5 in the morning. That is not a normal schedule, but I've had that since I was practically born. I mean, I had to be homeschooled because my life just didn't fit into traditional school all the time. And any school I've ever attended, I did the night classes. So understanding that, I built my business this way. And everybody told me, well, you can't possibly have like sales calls at nine o'clock at night. Like nobody will sign up. You'll lose clients or you can't do presentations at, you know, six or something. Most of those happen at like noon or something. It's like, no, doing just fine. Seven figures, no problem, my way. So everything that you stand for, you can make happen. And in a company or if you are at your own sort of world when you're building your own business. And I think a lot of times when people go, especially from corporate into their business, try to start their own business, they take the unfortunately corporate mentality with them. And it's like, okay, job is easier. You can just have a job, come home and never think about it till the morning of the next day. If you're an entrepreneur, it's harder because you actually have to show up and it's very confronting and all your issues come up and everything. And it's completely essentially on you and God. Like you're, you're in this very intimate relationship with the divine when you are an entrepreneur because you got to show up and fully be there. So it's harder. And if you're not building that on you because you're still expecting that there's some external limitations you have to follow, then why are you doing this? Like, what's the point? So back to like, what's the bigger vision? The bigger vision is always freedom. But that freedom, I think a lot of times people mistranslate into doing whatever I want, but whatever I want is not actually freedom. Freedom is doing what I need to for the bigger thing that allows me to have my vision. So in the freedom way of thinking or mindset, we still do sometimes things we don't want to do, but we know why we do them. 
we do them for the bigger purpose. And that's, I think, what's missing a lot of times in entrepreneurship because it gets carried over corporate. And corporate obviously hasn't fully arrived to that way of thinking yet. <laughs> yes. And I, I, I love the redefinition of freedom because, you know, of course, we all want to be on a yacht off the Amalfi Coast, like sipping champagne. Like, of course, that's a dream. Yet at the end of the day, the freedom comes in being able to be you and do you at all times. And, you know, like you said, the bigger vision, what's the bigger vision? I want to have happy family. I want to have deep pockets. I want to have a healthy body. I want to have a flexible mind. Like these are, you know, the values that I really ascribe to. And if this is also something that resonates with our listeners, then to have a strong body, you need to work out. Like you need to get up every day or some schedule in the middle, the middle of the day or the end of the day where you're going to the gym, you're going to yoga, you're doing something for your body. To have a flexible mind, like you mentioned, I need to find time where I'm dedicating at minimum 10 minute hours to connecting to God. Like this is how you cultivate the mind. This is how you grow the mind. So the freedom doesn't come without work. And I think that that's the part about work that's really challenged us is that we go into entrepreneurship resenting the work that we did in our corporate job, but not understanding, not understanding that it is the very work that's going to get us to our space of freedom. So I love that, how you articulated that. Yeah. And also the thing you just said there and about the relationship with the divine, with God, it's, I want to say a little component here that I think is actually also a very important kind of key piece to being free in your business is you have to be sort of equal to God. Um, obviously, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying like you're God as in people have to worship you, but in a sense, if God is the universe, the one is the divine, like that kind of a definition of God and you are minimizing yourself like, oh, I'm just something small. Then you forever feel like something else is going to guide you or tell you what to do or whatever. But that very quickly can turn into being controlled or becoming an excuse about why something cannot be done. And the way I teach my clients is in a sense, you kind of become your own creator God, like you embody Godhood, not in an arrogant ego sense way, of course, but in a soul sense, like energetically, you hold the frequency of divinity within you because gift came to you from something beyond you, right? You can say the bigger part of you, or you can say God, but it's not the personality human you. So it's not your ego that ended up with the, with the gift, right? It's the divine part of you that has the gift. And now the ego has to figure out how to translate it and use it in integrity. But what happens a lot of times is that people so associate themselves with the ego part that they kind of like forget that the divinity is already there and that's where they create from. So a lot of the strategies that I teach that are non-linear, in addition to solid linear ones, the non-linear ones, those are what I call quantum creation, but you, you can call it anything else. You can call it magic. It's pretty much it. That's when you kind of like, instead of going step one, step two, step three, step four, you connect the dots in a non-linear way. So it could be one, 20, 14, 2200. And you only really stepped four times, but you're there. So nonlinear acts like a shortcut and it's not logical. So you can't necessarily say like, oh, I'm going to plan it and strategize it and do it. It's more like I'm going to hold a frequency and then trust myself and hone in to the next something I get magnetized to. And the better you get at it, the more you're going to shortcut or fold, collapse the potential essentially time space into what you desire. So that can only happen if you are 
God, if you embody God. Because if you're trying to do that from the ego, ego can only plan and strategize in a linear sense. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and also what, <laughs> what you're saying is, is a, a level of enlightenment. And I always talk about the map of consciousness on my podcast. It was created by Dr. David Hawkins in that, 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 that mastery level, that self-God level is enlightenment. And that's where, you know, you see our masters like Jesus or Buddha or Mahatma Gandhi, someone who went up against the British Empire as a single man. Uh, he's literally collapsing time and space to rid an entire nation, one of the largest nations in the world, India, of colonial rule. And that can only be possible with magic, with with invisible force, invisible mm -hmm. power, if you will. Right. And so I love that you bring up this idea of being yourself as God. And in our world, we've been programmed to really have this disconnection, disconnected view of God and as being out there, up there, looking down at us. When in reality, it, it's it's an energy of that's a mag magnetic energy that exists within us. And for us to have that relational uh, intimacy with ourselves is to create and cultivate that relationship with God. So thank you so much for lifting that up. Yeah, and I can even take that one step further is that if you want to have the vision, like what you were saying earlier, to have the vision for your business when it goes further, when it actually creates this influence and impacts the world, where it has to be based on service, right? It can't be anymore based on, well, my ego wants to, I don't know, make millions of dollars. At this point, it becomes, how do I serve humanity? Because we only get paid for the value we put out. So how much valuable do I need to be to really have this level of impact? Well, that's not us at that point anymore. That's God. So if we think of like, okay, God speaks through us, then we just need to learn how to merge with it or become it or get out of the way, I guess, if you can't yet fully connect to it as self so that that divinity can create through us because money that we make is not for us. Like women, we don't want, like, let's say if you make millions of dollars in your business, what are you going to do? Buy gold-plated toilet or like a jet made of gold? No, we don't care about that stuff. Women tend to give money back into the community. We naturally want to then empower other people and help them start their businesses or save Amazon forest or invest in a company that cleans the oceans or whatever. So that's, think of it like, when I generate more income, when I serve more, I generate more income. When I become more connected with God, I serve more, I generate more income. And when I generate more income, it's not for me. It's so that I can impact the world. So you can see how all of that is essentially Godhood in us, because that's how we change the world. We become the stewards of wealth that goes through us. That's the wealth energetics that I teach, is that you have to be able to open, to receive, to bring in the wealth, to then be the steward over it, so then you can do good with it. That part. And that is essentially what the billionaire will be or what the billionaire is in the new earth paradigm. And what we see now in terms of the billionaires and the celebrity is false light. It is, it is what it is. And it's not an honest, a true, a godlike representation of what wealth is meant to create. Yes, we can have boats, we can have houses, we can have land, we can have jewelry, yet that is not the end-all, be-all. And honestly, you don't need a billion dollars to buy all those things. I mean, you could do all that with a million dollars. I mean, just be real. Mm -hmm. So when you get to a billion-dollar level, what are you going to do with all that wealth? And I hear it so often. I mean, I went to Harvard Business School. 
we all went to Harvard Business School because we all want to be billionaires. We all want to be Michael Bloomberg, eh? Or, you know, Trump or whoever. This is who we grew up looking up to and, 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 and modeling, if you will. Yet, when you amass all this wealth, you must understand that it's about being a steward. It's about being able to give back to humanity to help lift consciousness for other people so they too can enjoy the infinite abundance that God has to offer, that universe has to offer. And this is, I believe, the point that's really lost on folks that are really for the, on the hustle, the money chase, you know, the, the, the quick kind of situations that people are, are finding themselves in to get, to get to the money, get to the bag. And in reality, the money is only there to serve as a tool to help us serve brothers better. So I'm so grateful you lifted that up. Yeah, and I think a lot of times when entrepreneurs start to look at the celebrities or influencers who seem to have a lot of money and very bling, you know, very flashy, very like pretty, everything is very well done and all the filters you can think of. So they look like they 12, even though they're not and all that stuff. It's, um, it's all false light and it's all very seductive to the lower self that has all the conditioning and imprinting of all the crap that happened to us when we were little. So you have all these imprints from your family, you have all this conditioning by the environment you're in and add to that some karmic overlays. And then with all of that, you go through your life and there are difficult scenarios, sometimes very painful and traumatic, sometimes not quite that dramatic, but still a lot has happened. So by the time you emerge through that um, tunnel to the other side of supposedly adulthood, there's so many filters there. So if we look at, let's say somebody who's in a false light, so they look like they kind of made it, like they they flashy, they on the top, they standing next to a really cool car, or they have like all the bling on them. It's the lower self, it's the wounded part of us that says, well, what about me? But But I want that too. And then it's very easy to convince the ego to say, that's what I want. But that's not the way because long-term that's actually based on the old patriarchal system. So the current mm, famous people in a non-conscious way, it's just a technologically more advanced uh, idea of how the kings and queens were when they were not in integrity, but just like local royalty who just did whatever the hell they wanted and used people and just played with money while their people suffered. And, you know, yeah. So we just kind of transfer that technologically onto now we have it on TV or on social media, but it's the same thing. And you can look at the people who follow those types of stars. They are in the worshiping mode they the same way how the poor people were starstruck when the you know queen passed by the street or something but that did not help them and that queen didn't serve them so this is all false light and if we talk about like the true light <laughs> the real light well we are the change makers we're the ones who come here with that light and i think that part the spiritual sort of side of the world for a long time has been drowned in poverty because the idea was during the dark times that if you have possessions then you will be tempted as i said it's seductive you'd be tempted so then you let go of all the possessions you become poor in order to be spiritual but we have outgrown that uh, paradigm long time ago because by now you can be spiritual and very, very wealthy because you now steward the wealth for the benefit of all. So if you think about it, churches or spiritual communities, they actually were the ones with the wealth always, even if people who came in had no money. So that's kind of where we need to shift into that split of the old era 
the survival by planning era that says, you know, there's only few that get to the top and they are the, you know, the ones who control everything. And from that place, they also control the money and so on. And if you want to be spiritual, that means you have to like step away from all of that, go away in a forest or in a mountain somewhere and like not interact with the world into the new paradigm, which is where we all in the same world. And there is no more somebody who controls everybody. You now have to be the one in control of yourself and a positive self-control that actually is self-mastery. That's when you don't let your emotional waves put you through a storm every time because you're feeling whatever, but instead you actually have mastery. You understand what generated the wave. You understand how to manage it. You understand that even if you go up and down, you don't have to go down with the wave. You can have a higher baseline and so on. All of that, is not about suppressing yourself. It's actually about letting yourself be, but evolving yourself and elevating yourself to a higher standard. That's what I call premium level. So if you want to sell premium, like a higher pricing stuff, well, you have to be premium first. <laughs> it starts with us. Yes. I love you so much because this, <laughs> this hey, she said it, she said it, y'all. She said it better than anybody it can, it can be said very simply very powerfully stated that we are in a new paradigm the paradigm that we're coming from the era of the kings the queens the celebrities it it's it's beautiful it's alluring it's seductive just as she said but it's not real and 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 exactly how she stated it when you're worshiping someone because they look good and they dance good and they sing good that's that's doing nothing for you if anything it it's energy siphoning and and we're not going to get into that at this time but we, you really want to be aware of, of where you're directing your attention where you're directing your energy because at the end of the day it should be going to you it should be going to you and you cultivating that that goddessness that godliness within your own being so you can have that shine you can have that bling and you can have all those things that you covet from the celebrities that you see around you. And, and, and moving more into that space will absolutely prepare you to be the reigning king or queen in your world. So definitely, I, I hope that you're able to receive that because that was just such so beautifully articulated. That was beautiful. Yeah, thank you. And yeah, we have to be protectors of our own energy, of our own path. This is definitely like one of the main things that I always remind my clients about is that if you want your future, you have to guard it. Like you have to, you know, not let somebody peed on it, essentially. Like, you know, which is what happens when relatives say, oh, like, who the, who the hell you think you are to have that? Or, you know, friend says, well, why would you need that? Like, that's just more work or whatever else. Leave those friends. Don't communicate with the family often. Only see them then on holidays or don't talk to them about business if that's what it takes. But you have to be the one that protects your vision. If you watching something on social media and every time it brings up comparison and you lose in comparison, oh, she's great and I suck. Oh, she's amazing and I my messaging or my pictures are not so good or whatever. Unfriend that person. It's nothing about them. You don't wish them bad, but don't have that trigger in your world while you're learning. When you get masterful, then it doesn't matter. Like you can see anything and it doesn't phase you. But when you're learning, just clean up your world from anything that drowns, creates a dampening field on your vision. Because as soon as you have this dampening field, it's like you were going to be a bright light and what you just did is brought in fog. <laughs> so now your lighthouse, the clients, the whatever, the boats who are looking for that lighthouse, they can't see because you're in a fog. 
and the more fog you create the less they can see you and then you know people wonder well why can't i sign any clients or why am i not making any money well it's because you're not being the lighthouse so to be the lighthouse to be that light which we're all light beings here one way or another, but some forgotten that. So you have to kind of cultivate that remembrance and push away anything that says otherwise. One of my most favorite things is to say doubt is a liar. Doubt is always a liar. So anytime you're in self-doubt, I heard you, but I'm not listening. Like I heard this, but I'm not taking that on. I don't receive this because you have to choose what you're going to make your reality. This is actually part of the quantum creation that in, in my perspective, everything is possible and being clairvoyant, this is what I've known from birth pretty much, that everything exists. All the timelines, all the possibilities, anything that could possibly happen in any possible scenario on this planet and other worlds and with other species and so on, it all already is. But it's up to us what we experience based on our choices. And those choices are kind of frequency ranges. So if you're vibrating at certain frequency, you are magnetizing to you the circumstances and events that are matching that frequency. So if, let's say, your vibrating is, I don't have enough, how do I get more, what's wrong with me? I wish I could activate my gifts. I think I'm good, but I, you know, I hope that clients can show me that I'm good and prove to me that I'm actually worth their money and so on. Well, then why would you wonder that you can't seem to attract anybody who will pay you? And instead, everybody argues even over $50. But if instead you're vibrating as I have divinity within me, even if I don't always know, I just have to trust that somehow this is for the benefit. Like that's what I had to do when I was 14, because half of the time I couldn't translate what I'm seeing, but I knew I was seeing it. So then I had to tell myself that if this person is in front of me and giving me money right now, that means that their soul brought them to me. So there is something here that God, the universe, whatever, wanted that person to get from me. I have something they need. So all I got to do is be me, trust myself, and, you know, just go with it. And sometimes I would say something that makes no, no sense to me. And they would be like, oh, that's what I came for. That, that's it. That thing you just said, which to me didn't mean anything, but to them did. That's trusting that there is a bigger plan. And when you kind of go from, okay, I'm here for a purpose. And it's purpose that's my way bigger of me getting a, I don't know, house or making a certain amount of money or getting married or like, that's not the purpose. That's more of your ego desires. But the purpose is God installed in you or universe, whichever way you look at it, gave you a frequency. And it's frequency that's not just for you, it's for others as well. So now it's your job to resonate that frequency. The more you do, that's actually soul design. That's part of like my teaching is the more we vibrate in our soul design, the more we live by design. And wealth is pre-installed in everybody's design. Nobody's born poor. So if you're, you know, in the design of wealth, you naturally will create wealth. And you can always see that, like even in the cultures, like, you know, stories of somebody living in a horrific poverty and whatever, and still looking happy, they have dignity, they look like they're wealthy, even if physically maybe they don't have stuff, that's because they're living their soul design. Life circumstances might be limiting, let's say, for that person versus somebody living in New York, let's say, or something. But it's still the premise is the same, though. You create your reality. So the more you vibrate out of all the possibilities for the one you want, the more that one can resonate into your existence. But you have to start from the understanding that what you want already is. 
This is the one thing that I always tell people like, hey, if you can envision it, that means it exists. Like if you have this dream or whatever, you didn't make it up. It means some part of you connected to some possibility out there in the quantum and said, okay, that's the one I want. So now your job is to find a frequency that matches that so that that yes. can become your reality. That part. <laughs> that's the work, y'all. The work is making sure that your vibration matches your manifestation, the big manifestation you have. So continue to do this work to really refine your soul, purify your heart, and really come in, in, in alignment with God. I'm going to go ahead and say it with God so that you can truly live out your wildest dreams. And I, I want to take this time to give you this space to you talk about your clients. I'm sure by now, if people have made it this far, they're like, I want to know, know what this woman has to offer. <laughs> Where can I find her? How can I work with her? Would you please share a little bit about what, what you may have to offer folks? Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that I can offer you here, that is a webinar. So it's a pre-recorded training that you can watch on how coaches can get to sustainable 10,000 per month from doing their soul work and find those high ticket clients that pay them more than 5,000 for offer, for every offer that they work with. So this is like a new model of coaching that's not the traditional masculine stuff, but the one that doesn't involve this endless course launches or huge you know, mailing list and followers and social media. This is an energetic component with the business strategy, how to attract clients that are paying you more so you have more space and you're speaking from your soul expertise, which is what we were talking about today. So the key to all of that is discovering this internal component. So even if you're not seeing yourself as a high-end coach yet or anything like that, that training will really help you understand what is required to actually get to the place where like, oh, you're actually making money doing these kinds of things, avoiding these rigid masculine cookie cutter things that everybody tries to force themselves into when they start and instead create your business from the correct perspective that honors your gift and honors your feminine. So that is soulstrategywebinar.com. So if you go there, that's where you're going to find all the information on like depths of what I was just talking about here. And of course, you can always find me on my website, which is transcensiongate.com or on social media as Eugenia Oganova in Facebook and Instagram. That's where um, I'm always hanging out. And I have a Facebook group, um, High Ticket Clients Energetics uh, for Spiritual Coaches. So if you're interested to have more free content, you can do that. I also have a YouTube channel, uh, Eugenia Oganova Wealth Energetics. So you can check that out. There are tons of videos that all mini trainings on the same um, subject we were talking about from various directions. So all of that is my gift to you so that you can actually enjoy understanding yourself and uncovering your gifts and monetizing them. Let's go. She gave it to you all. And I too have definitely been blessed, energized, activated by this conversation with you. Thank you so much, Eugenia, for your time, for your wisdom, and for your gift to this planet. Thank you so oh. much. Thank you, Erin, so much for having me. It was such a delight. <laughs> yes. And for all of our viewers and listeners, you know how to find me on at I am Erin Patton across social media channels and also follow the Meta Business Millennial podcast on Instagram and YouTube. And until our next episode, much love and light to you all. Peace. Did you really love this episode of the Meta Business Millennial Podcast? Well, I am honored. And I appreciate you subscribing, leaving a review, and sharing it with your friends. In the meantime, stay bright, my friends. 
Much love and light. Peace.